And our gospel comes to us from the fifth chapter of Matthew today. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I invite you to pray with me this morning. Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comfort and a word of challenge, a word of guidance and a word for, of hope for our lives. Make our hearts soft and plant this word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Uh, and as we get, as before I get started this morning, I also, I want to share that I have sermon notes available this week. So if you're a visual learner like I am, and that's helpful in the mobile app right by the, the icon of your photo, uh, there are sermon notes there with some extra Bible verses and key points and reflection questions uh, that you can check out. So as I was reading this uh, story today and thinking about blessing, I remembered back to a few years ago when our kids were younger and they were not yet the perfectly behaved angels that they are today. Uh, and we were on a trip. We were on a vacation, and this was this long, uh, long days in the car, right? And there was a lot of in and out of the vehicle when the kids were little. You'd have to stop for, for uh, restaurants or bathroom breaks or in and out for the hotel. And, and, and the thing is, I love my kids. Gail and I, we love our kids more than anything, but they were driving us bonkers, <laughs> They were fighting in the back seat. They were arguing. They were going. Uh, with, uh, they were whining about everything with each other. They were fighting with us. They were fighting. It was like they were competing for negative attention. And so Gail and I came up with a brilliant plan. We decided that we were going to, at the end of each day, bless them with this thing called the Best Kid Award. So whoever was the best that day, and it wasn't an actual award, it was just our blessing. Hey, you're the best kid today, congratulations. And they loved it, and we thought we were parenting geniuses because all of a sudden they started competing to do nice things for each other and to be helpful. And day one, it was wonderful, and we were all excited about this. And uh, day two, a little less so, and by day three, there were tears and weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm never going to be the best kid, Dad. And Gail and I thought, oh boy, what have we done? We were maybe misunderstanding the idea of blessing a little bit. But as we hear Jesus' words of blessing in these beautiful beatitudes, he challenges us to ask some questions about the word blessing and what we mean. Is it a reward? Is it affirmation? When we hear the, the phrase or use it, I am blessed, how do we understand that? I think it's safe to say that some of the ways we maybe typically think about blessing, Jesus completely reverses here. So I want to dive in and, and ponder this today. What does it mean to be blessed? 
So I think for some people, blessed uh, could be defined as this, a recognition of positive external circumstances in our lives. Perhaps that's a reflection of good health or or strong relationships or material or or financial well-being. It might be like, my life isn't perfect, but there are enough good things, either by good luck or my own hard work, that I can say I am blessed. For some, it goes deeper than that. It goes deep into gratitude. This definition might be something like this, practicing gratitude for all the good things in my life, regardless of how much I struggle. Maybe even a recognition in there that the good things around me aren't necessarily things that I've earned or that I deserve, and so therefore I say I am blessed. And I think this can be a very, very helpful perspective From ancient wisdom to scientific studies, there's all kinds of evidence that show that practicing gratitude has so many benefits in our lives. You know, there's there's this evidence that things like keeping a gratitude journal or praying meditatively over things you're grateful for has tremendous benefits to our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being, and even our physical health. So this is a good thing. And yet... A gratitude definition of blessed is still kind of rooted in external circumstances, right? The good things in our lives. And is that how Jesus uses the word today? It doesn't seem like it is, does it? No, Jesus seems to flip the script on this a little bit. So let's notice what he says and what he does not say. For example, he does not say this. If, it was, uh, if he was using blessing like we typically understand it, it might sound something like this. Those that are poor in spirit have hope, for someday the kingdom of heaven will be yours, and someday you will be blessed. But that's not what he says. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Jesus is proclaiming that those who are poor in spirit are blessed. The kingdom is theirs now. Those who mourn are blessed now. They will be comforted in the future, but they are blessed now. And it makes us wonder, how can he say that? Well, here's the thing. When he speaks a blessing, Jesus isn't commenting on our reality. Jesus is creating our reality. I'll say that again. Jesus isn't commenting on our reality. Jesus is creating reality. You see, one of the things we have to understand when we hear these words is how people uh, thought about blessings and curses, even, in the ancient world. It wasn't just well-wishing or nice words. Especially in the Old Testament, there was a sense that blessing someone had real power. And, And I don't know that they thought about it in sort of a supernatural or a superstitious way, but there was just this sense that a person blessing you actually had some kind of influence on the way things came to pass in your life. And this was really important as people would try to shape community or pass on a blessing, a legacy to their family, their children. And there's one story that I think really illustrates the power of this really well in the Old Testament from the book of Genesis. I want to share just a piece of it with us today. It's part of a longer saga. It's the story of Jacob and Esau, and you may remember they were twins, and Esau was the firstborn twin, and Jacob was the secondborn twin, which meant that the firstborn got all the special things, more of the inheritance, more of the birthright, all these kinds of things, and so Jacob, as the story goes, was always a swindler. He was always tricking Esau or tricking their father Isaac into getting Esau's blessing and birthright, and at the end, Uh, Isaac's blessing on his deathbed. Jacob tricks his father into thinking he's Esau and giving him a blessing. And so I want to share this piece with you real quick. 
from Genesis 27. It says this, As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, who had tricked him, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from, from Isaac, his brother Esau came in from hunting, and he prepared food for his father and brought it into him. And he said to his father, Let my father sit up and eat of this son's game, that you may bless me. But his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? And he answered, I'm your firstborn son, Isaac, or Esau. And then Isaac trembled violently, it says, trembled violently. And he said, well, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me and I ate it before you came and I have blessed him? Yes, and blessed he shall be. And when Esau heard his father's words, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also, father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and he has taken away your blessing. Interesting. And Esau said, is he not named Jacob who supplants and takes my birthright and now he has taken my blessing? Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Bless me, Father. Fascinating. The power of blessing in, in, the, in the ancient world. And, and so when Jesus speaks about blessing, it's, this is how people would hear it. These kinds of stories. This idea that words really matter. And, and Jesus is speaking these Beatitudes, uh, their, their hopes and promises from the Old Testament, actually. So these words that he uses, they're, they're wholly original, but there's at least one equivalent for each of these Beatitudes that you can find throughout the Old Testament. For example, when he says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, Psalm 37 says this, But the meek shall inherit the land. When he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, Psalm 107 says, for he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. And I put a bunch more in the sermon notes for this week if you're curious and want to see more of these. So a few things to note. First, notice where this text sits in the ministry of Jesus. This is, this is the opening scene of his teaching. And as Pastor Amy shared last week, the calling of the first disciples is like the opening scene of an epic movie, a saga. And so this today, this is the beginning of his teaching, the beginning of that ministry. It's the first thing he shares at the Sermon on the Mount. This is the, the guiding value set that's going to undergird everything else they do. It's like the, the mission, the vision, the values. And the second thing to remember is that this is in the context of Roman occupation. So the people that Jesus is speaking to were broken and hopeless and angry, oppressed and exploited. They wanted a leader. They wanted a revolution that would usher in a new kingdom. And so Jesus begins to teach what that kingdom is going to look like. And surprise, it's like nothing you've ever imagined. And he begins his ministry here with the Beatitudes, declaring an entirely new kingdom reality. First and foremost, Jesus says that he has to declare that this is a completely different type of kingdom than the kingdoms of this world. God isn't ushering in some new kingdom by, by conquering others, but by redefining what a kingdom actually is, by redefining what blessing means, by laying claim over the lives of the poor and the hungry and the hurting and the hopeless. You see, here today, Jesus rewrites the rules. The kingdom of heaven doesn't compete with other kingdoms of this world because it's a completely different reality. And it looks like this in this kingdom. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you that are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst. 
You see, friends, if we define blessing in our lives as dependent on external circumstances alone, that blessing is never really secure. It's always at risk. It's never really permanent. But if blessing is dependent only on Jesus, on the words that Jesus speaks over us, well, then that's a blessing that can never be taken, never be broken, never be stolen from us. See, when he speaks a blessing, Jesus isn't commenting on our reality. Jesus is creating our reality. And so how is it that these words he speaks create a new reality for those listening on the mountain that day? They're facing tremendous struggle in their lives. Well, see, these words of Jesus transform their pain into possibility. They change oppression into promise. They create purpose out of the ashes of persecution. And that kind of joy, that kind of hope, that is unbelievably contagious and goes out and changes the world as it spreads. So how do these blessings create a new reality for you in your life today? Whatever burdens you came here with today, Jesus has a word of blessing for you. Whatever pain or struggle, whatever brokenness or fear, Jesus had a, has a word of blessing for you. And his blessing doesn't mean that the external circumstances will change immediately, but his blessing does mean that we are changed. Because the one who created you, who called you, who died and rose for you, says that you are blessed. You are loved and you will never, ever walk alone. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you. And so when we receive and believe these words, we carry this joy, this hope, this freedom out into the world and it impacts everything around us, the people around us. I mean, how much more effective might we be at work if, the, if fear and anxiety weren't clinging to our brains like a heavy fog? How much more joyful might our relationships be and the people around us when we receive and believe that each and every one of us is blessed, forgiven, and beloved? So whatever burden you're carrying today, whatever open wounds or whatever long-time scars that are keeping you up at night, I invite you to bring them to the feet of Jesus today. Imagine yourself sitting on that mountainside. The warm sun shining, the breeze blowing, the energy of the people gathered, the holiness as this Jesus starts to speak, to teach about this new reality, the kingdom of heaven that's coming. If you're comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes for a moment as we hear these words. Picture yourself there. Listen to Jesus' words spoken for you, words spoken so long ago and yet spoken to us today. Jesus says, blessed are you that are poor in spirit. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who mourn, you will be comforted. Blessed are you that are meek. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. Blessed are you who are merciful, who are pure in heart, who are peacemakers. You are children of God. Friends, may you receive and believe these words from Jesus today. May these words remind you that you are now and forever truly blessed. Let us pray. Lord God, there are so many times in our lives when we're up and when we're down, when we're joyful and when we're hurting. The only constant is your love for us that blesses us in every time and every circumstance. Lord, help us to receive your words and believe them in our hearts, to know that we are never alone, that you walk with us. And Lord, as you fill us with blessing today, 
May you inspire us to go out into this weary world and share your love and blessing with those around us every, time, every day in all that we do. In Jesus' name, we give thanks and we pray these things. Amen.